Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Basement Talk podcast. I am your host, Ed Birdsell. Hope you all are well. Joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Brett Mayer and Tim Brady. Gentlemen, how the heck are we? I'm doing great, man. I mean, could be better, definitely, after the, given the events of this week. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're all powering through it and uh, ready for a good episode. Let's get it going. Yep. Uh, same here, Tim. Certainly feel the same way. Uh, let's get it going, guys. And joined by our producer, Matt Birdsell. Matt, how are you? Still lost for words, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very, very much in in that boat. Um, I go to so, bed watching Kobe highlights for the last three days, and I just like I shed a tear here and there. It's been rough. Yeah. It's been I, really uh, fucking rough. I, I, I feel that. Uh, of course, we'll be talking a whole lot about Kobe Bryant and his career, his life, and obviously the events that took place over the weekend, which he untimely passed away along with his daughter Gianna and seven others in uh, Calabasas, California. Uh, We'll try and lighten up uh, at the end of the show with a little Bachelor discussion, uh, but obviously the first half of the show is going to be... be a little rough. It'll be a little reflective. Um, let's it, let's call this a celebration. A celebration. I, that's that's fine. But it, it's going to be uh, different. It's going to be different. You know. Obviously, we come on here and and we try and bring the best entertainment that we possibly can. Um, but you know, for certain things like this, you know, you have to be a little a little serious, a little reflective, and it's a little hard. Um, but obviously, we uh, we have to do it. Um, so, to start off the Kobe discussion, I had the one quick question, as we normally do. That is still the same for the first episode of the week. Uh, what is your favorite Kobe Bryant memory? And for me, as personal as it is, it is when he scored 61 points at the Garden against the New York Knicks. And it was Kobe's second home, Madison Square Garden. And he that record stood until, of course, Mello uh, broke it. But yeah, that is my uh, favorite memory. Uh, I'll shift this over to uh, my producer, the big uh, big Kobe guy. Uh, Matt, your favorite Kobe memory is blank. Personally for me, it was absolutely impossible to pick one single memory from arguably my favorite basketball player of all time. So I'm just going to say probably the most electric moment I've witnessed. His last career game when he dropped 60 against the Utah Jazz, and I remember watching that game in my bed just going absolutely crazy in those last three minutes with the, a big celebrity group watching it, the whole Staples Center just going bonkers every time he touched the ball, every time he even got remotely fouled, the place just going erupting in booze, nothing better than that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think that was that was one of the standout games for, for Kobe for sure when I think – all of America at that point, when Kobe was uh, his last game, I think everyone was just rooting for Kobe to go out on top. And then we realized when he hit 40, we were just saying, oh boy, come on, come on, go for more, go for more, go for more. And he ended up with uh, his sixth, with 60 in his last game. Uh, Tim, Brett, uh, any any favorite Kobe memories for you guys? Uh, I'm going to go before Tim because mine was also his final game. To be honest, um, growing up, I didn't really watch basketball, which wasn't on in my house. So my only real memory of Kobe is that final game, as far as him as a basketball player. And that was, of course, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He didn't miss a shot down the stretch. He went 5-for-5, five five, I believe, from the field, 4-for-4 four four from the free throw line. And it was 
absolutely incredible to see someone like him who he sits on the sidelines with ice packs all over his knees, all over his arms, everywhere, and to come in there and just with looked like nothing left in the tank and just just go off in the fourth quarter. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He moved like shit, but he he was still a bucket. It really was those final shots that he was taking, man. It was absurd. Like you said, with all the celebrities in the crowd, Kanye, Snoop Dogg. They showed Jay Z like Jay-Z, after every shot. Jay-Z. Every Shaq, everybody was there. Everybody was just in awe of what was going on, and it was, it was amazing. Tim, um, so I also didn't really watch much basketball um, in the period of Kobe's career. I only became a fan, I guess, uh, towards the end or shortly after of uh, the NBA. But I'll just talk about something that always stood out to me, and something I've always remembered Kobe for is that picture of him in the locker room uh, post uh, NBA championship where he's sitting in his pajamas, holding the trophy like a goddamn boss with a big cigar in his mouth, and it's it's just probably top five pictures in sports history. Yeah. Like, that is that is just such a badass photo. The pajamas and everything, it just he didn't give a shit. No. Like, he didn't give a shit who you were. Like, he was the best, and he came out of that game, and he was, he was chilling. Yeah, it's also the picture after he won the championship where he's standing on the courtside table, arms spread with the trophy in that one hand. Too. Just the crowd looking at him like they're looking at Jesus. No, the, the, there is something about him. Just the pictures of him from those championships are just iconic. Yeah, and then we we didn't even mention the 81 points that he had against the uh, Toronto Raptors. That Jalen Rose, when he was on uh, ESPN on Sunday, had said that that was one of the, the career highlights for him, that he was on that Raptors team when uh, Kobe dropped 81 against them. And that was just one of the greatest examples that he had ever seen of someone just going out there and being truly, truly great and being one of the greatest basketball players ever. And I think that talking about, you know, the the overall impact of, uh, of what happened and the loss of Kobe, uh, this is something that touches, I think, every generation. I think it's just so rare that you have something like this because you have... 10-year-olds, you have 20-year-olds, you have 30-year-olds, 40, 50, 60, all these people that have just seen Kobe Bryant play, and everyone can identify with Kobe Bryant that is a, as a sports fan, that's a basketball fan, and say, and re- really recognize greatness. And, I mean, I compare this to when Thurman Munson died in, in his uh, plane crash, and even even to a much, much different sort of extent, but... It's sort of the same thing. Even when, when John Lennon was shot, it was sort of the same thing. I had a ton of people say to me that it was this sort of it was the same sort of horror, it was the same sort of disgust, it was the same sort of sadness that I think a lot of people all around the world are are feeling with the death of Kobe Bryant. And there was another conversation that I had with someone who had said, you know, it's so weird that you don't need to know this person personally to feel like you had your heart stabbed two or three times. And it, that's exactly right. I mean, I was never, like I said, I was never a huge NBA guy until, I, I'd say I really picked it up around the LeBron championship run with the, the Heat. I think that's probably like the start of my NBA uh, yeah. fandom. But still, somehow, 
And I'm I'm also I will admit I was never the big Kobe guy. I I was there's a always a discussion that was LeBron Kobe MJ who was the best, and I was always on the side of LeBron and Kobe and sorry LeBron and MJ being the better players. But after his passing and looking back at, I wouldn't say the arguments were fruit uh, fruitless because they they they're great. Talking about sports is always great, and to debate sports like we do here is great. But that's just not important anymore. Like, no. You just, seeing how he affected people and all these young players who look up to him. I mean, you have teenagers. You have kids who were born after he started playing that just idolize him. Yeah. There are NBA players who are unable, to, current crop. Almost yeah. unable to play just because of the way they felt about this man. And something about that is what struck me. On top of the fact that there's, there's always, you have to look at it in the terms of the shortness of life and the unpredictableness and how it's someone with that much wealth and that much stature can get on what they would consider a normal form of transportation and just be taken from us like that. Yeah, It's really eye-opening, and I think this is going to be something that really pulls a lot of people together, and it has pulled a lot of people together. Yeah, and I was about to get to that and saying, you know, it doesn't matter um, what race you are, gender, creed, whatever. I have not seen the world, the country, whatever, and putting of course, religion, politics, ethnicity aside, I have not seen people come together and be united like this in such a long time. I really, really haven't, that we are all feeling the same exact way. Republican, Democrat, Christian, Jewish, uh, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, white, black, Latin, Asian, you name it. We're all feeling the same way if, if we had some level of connection towards Kobe Bryant. And, and, and I think... A lot of the sports world is feeling that, and even the non-sports world, people who just knew who Kobe Bryant was, and we're sitting here and we're saying, "My God, you know this this man had life by the balls, and it's amazing, and it's just it's a really humbling reminder of just how in an instant everything could be taken away." And I think Jay Williams on ESPN really, really said it best when he said, "You know, whatever." Issues you may have with someone, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's deep, whether it's not, you call them up, work it out. Life's too short to hold grudges against people. And uh, Jay Williams really, really said it best that, you know, every day can be your last. And, you know, to stop, you know, putting things off until tomorrow, next week, next month, because none of that is, is guaranteed. None, none of it is. And, um, I thought that was just really, really well said by, by Jay Williams. But just looking at Kobe's uh, resume, 18-time All-Star, 5-time NBA champion, 12-time All-Defensive team, 4-time All-Star MVP, uh, one league MVP in 2007-2008, 15-time uh, All-NBA player, 2-time Finals MVP. I mean, the stats are just ridiculous for, for Kobe and um, – and of course, the Mamba mentality, which has just swept. I, I, I really don't want to just limit this to the sports world, just the world in general. And it's not just for, for basketball, it's for everything. I was going to say, um, again, like Tim, I didn't watch Kobe as much growing up. So what really inspired me about Kobe was what he did after he retired. Like, he, he started inspiring me post career. The way mm -hmm. he carried himself, the way he, just how determined he was in everything that he wanted to do as he would make a goal and just go after it until do it. he was on top. And that's just something that 
personally, I, I look at that and I use that fuel for myself every day. So it's hard to see someone like Kobe go because he's just so inspiring to everybody out there. I'm, obviously, I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's plenty of people that yeah. he's inspired every day. And it's crazy now that now that he's gone, you realize how much he actually like fueled you as a person and yeah. helped people drive like themselves every day. Yeah, and just looking back on all the lessons that he taught everybody. And, and I think the one... The one thing, I don't know where I saw it, but it was one interview that somebody had, had given where it was after the incident in Denver, Colorado in 2003 when Kobe was uh, accused of sexual misconduct, um, that that was really the turning point for Kobe and his life where he started to become a better family man, better husband, better father. And I mean, we just saw it, what, a month ago when he was on the sideline in a Lakers game with his daughter. And basically they're just... They're talking shit. They're just talking basketball. And I think that that's really all you need to see, how just Kobe, he went from the player, which was, I have no friends. I don't want to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. I'm here to be an absolute assassin, which he was, and be one of the greatest of all time, to turning into a father, turning into someone who was there for his his four daughters. And it was... um, it was a side of Kobe and the side, of, I think, just in general, of professional athletes that you don't really see, let alone a professional athlete that was at the very pinnacle of his sport and someone that was considered and is considered to be one of the greatest basketball players and one of the greatest professional athletes, quite frankly, of, uh, of all time. And I think that that was not, not more highlighted than what we saw three, four weeks ago, him sitting courtside uh, at the Staples Center. And um, I, I mean, I mean, just listening listening to all these people just talk about Kobe and, and, and everything that he had done for them, it's it's inspiring, it's impactful, and it's it's moving. It, it really, really is. And you, uh, you brought up the mama mentality before. Uh, I just wanted to bring up um, a lot of people had mixed opinions on the NBA letting those games go on. And there was a lot of people on the side of, you know, mom and mentality, Kobe would want us to play. But there was also the side of, you know, the NBA should have canceled those games. Like, these guys aren't okay. I mean, I'm just curious, how did you guys feel about that? Do you think those games should have gone on? I was about to go in that direction as well. Is, is you know, were we, was the NBA right to not cancel the games? I don't think so. The NBA should have canceled the games. They should have pushed them back and let the players just do what they got to do. I mean, I will give the NBA the, you know, the benefit of the doubt saying they didn't really have a choice. I would, I would give them that, that that it happens so close to game time. You can't just cancel game. I mean, you can. Like I, I won't say they couldn't do it, but you know, it's very difficult logistics wise mm-hmm. to just cancel a bunch of games at the start times. So, I'll let that one slide, but I would have liked to see those games canceled. Well, there were two the two three o'clock games that had uh, that were close to tip off. When the news broke at around yeah, those are the ones that one two o'clock ish, um, on the, on the east, what was it two o'clock? We'll nah, say earlier probably twelve forty five. No, no, because no, the it was around two. Yeah, yeah, like, because the nine the nine one one call didn't go in until nine forty seven in in California, so it would had to have been around two o'clock, so tips of, at three and. Speaking of nine one one calls. Let's bring up this TMZ situation. Okay. Because the sheriff's department in uh, L.A. was not very happy with TMZ 
Rightfully so. I know, Brett, I think you, you had something to say about TMZ. It's the year of the rat, man. I mean, yeah, it, it really is the year of the rat. TMZ is starting this one early. Um, I've said what I've said about TMZ in the past. Most of that is jokingly, obviously. It's TMZ is a news source. I don't Me have, too. I don't have a true hatred towards them. Me either. I didn't have a true hatred towards them. I mean, they are a hit site. That's their whole business. They put out these stories that people see and their jaws drop because they find out their celebrities are pieces of trash. But I think they had no business dropping this story the way they did. And I get, I get that they're a news source and it's their, their job to put the information out there. But in a situation this serious and this, you know, this tender to Kobe's family, to find out from you know, news leaks and stuff like that as opposed to, to hearing confirmation there was all this, you know, um, all this was up in the air about what really happened and stuff like that. And I think it was just really, really low on TMZ to just put that out there. Just drop the bomb. Just drop the bomb without even, you know, letting it, letting his family know first. I feel like a reputable news source would have called his family or let that happen first. If you had an ABC or a Fox News or a CNN or anything like that on the site, they would have been the ones to... I, as, as speculation, I'm not saying it's definitely true, but I would imagine that they would do that, and TMZ did not take that step, and I'm not very happy about that. Media's harsh, man. Media's harsh, and there is a there is a true competition to be the first ones with news, and I just don't think... I mean, I understand... You we know, saw it all whole, this weekend on Sunday with freaking ABC saying that there's all the daughters right. were on the helicopter. Well, there right. you go. So maybe, maybe that's not true, then. Maybe those reputable news sources aren't. The, the better one. There's a competition to get news out there when it breaks. Yeah, and just, there were and I have variables left and right. Yeah. They said Rich Fox was there. Rich Fox, like, yeah. You get your facts straight before you want to drop just bombs like that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I look, I get the, the sheriff going out and, and saying what he said about TMZ. I, I understand it. But at the same time, coming from the media point of view is if you're not going to break it, somebody else's. No, that's fair. And... I just, of course, it was TMZ. Uh, yeah, of course, it was TMZ. Yeah, and I and I rats. mean, when the news first broke, and I heard it was uh, TMZ that broke it, uh, there was a part of me that didn't want to believe it, but then at the same time, I had said, "Well, TMZ is very good at what they do, and they normally are not wrong when they do break a story like that." And I mean, that is. If they had broke a story like that without having facts first, they wouldn't be in business today. They wouldn't be in business today. That's exactly right. Coming off of that, too, is, you know, talking about the facts being straight before they posted it, I feel like I wasn't the only one who... You've seen the videos where people heard, you know, Kobe just died, and everyone's immediate reaction was, Kobe? Like, Kobe Bryant? Yeah. No. That was my reaction. I mean, I, I, I definitely was on Twitter, which is you know, the most reputable news source in the world, looking around... Oh, yeah, of course. Looking around for anything, any ounce of this yeah. is fake or, you know, this this can't be real, like TMZ got hacked. I think that was a, a lot of oh, people I was going just, with that one, TMZ yeah. got hacked. Mm-hmm. We were all praying TMZ got hacked because yeah. the disbelief was unlike anything else. I mean, I'm, I remember I was sitting right where we are right now, and I was uh, in the middle of uploading the latest episode and our lovely producer runs downstairs and says, you know, Kobe Bryant. I'm like, yes, I know Kobe Bryant. And he goes, Oh, he's dead. I'm just like, wait, what? And I immediately, I you stopped. asked me if this is a joke. Yeah. I asked you if this was a joke 
and I stopped what I was doing like that. And I went on Twitter and I was looking through everything and I saw it was trending, but I didn't see anything that had said that he was he was gone or anything like that. So I was just saying to myself, oh, please, 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 please just have this not be true and have this be, you know, one of these, uh, oh, surprise, I'm still alive uh, sort of deal. And then I saw Adam Schefter retweet something from the L.A. County Sheriff's. And then probably a half hour later is when I saw the confirmation from Woj, the one confirmation from Adrian Wojnarowski that I just did not want to see. The Woj nuke. The Woj nuke. Yeah. Yeah, that is to to put it widely. And this, of course, all comes off of uh, the day before Saturday night when LeBron passed uh, Kobe for third all-time in uh, in scoring. Timing just couldn't have been worse. That's another yeah, reason and, that led to this belief that they got hacked. It's yeah, the, and the, he was on tw- he was on Twitter the night before, and he was talking to LeBron no earlier than, than Sunday morning. There was some video also of him the day of the incident, and it was something with him and his daughters at the mall. I honestly don't know what it was because I saw it pop up on the news before, and I just turned it off. I just, I, mm-hmm. I just didn't even want to watch it. But it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. You know, it really, really is, and I think that this is also, again – this is going back to what we talked about before. That this is the, this is the biggest wake up call that people really need. That this is someone that I think a lot of people thought was, for lack of a better word, immortal, in me- in many many ways. And this is a guy that had made hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, from dribbling and shooting a basketball. And he was a global icon. He was a God amongst basketball fans across the world. And it is a reminder that when the Lord says it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And uh, Kobe had done his work. And he got fucking cheated out of this one. That's a conversation for another day. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a conversation for uh, for another day. And... Um, there's like no bad record on him. Brett and I were having this conversation yesterday that wasn't druggy, had no affiliations with the wrong crowd. He was just well, literally just doing his means of transportation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are people that have done a lot worse. And they are still carrying on their everyday lives and they're it's going about their business. And here's a guy who was a loving husband, loving father, loving son, loving friend. And um, and he chose the wrong day to fly, unfortunately. And um, you know this has also led to a whole other conversation about traveling on helicopters, and how there are people that will say they will never step on a helicopter again. Um, hey, we stepped in his helicopter though. This is this is very true. This, this is this is very true. And I've looked at that picture more times. That I can count and but it say wasn't, wasn't the same exact. Wasn't the same exact no. one. So, well, another one of his. Yes, it was. It was another one of his helicopters that we were, uh, that we were in, and you know, it all just sort of just takes me back and just says, "My God," you know. And that was what 2015. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, I mean, my heart just breaks for his wife, his kids. His parents, his sisters. I mean, I mean, I, I just I don't know what else there is to say. And also, 
and also for the other families that are affected by this as well. I Absolutely. mean, we I can't will, we can't forget about them. I will say, um, of many tragedies that have happened in recent times, you see a lot of times uh, with an icon or something like this, you see a lot of times that they get highlighted, and there's not a disrespect, but a lack of a lack of recognition, yeah. a lack yeah. of recognition for the others in the, in the accident. I, yeah. I will say that there has been very ample recognition of these people. Absolutely. Uh, and it's very respectable that they are all being acknowledged as part of this and not being forgotten. Absolutely. Because this is a tra- this is an American tragedy. This isn't just a sports tragedy. This is nine people dying innocently. And Yeah. I mean, I, I do give credit to the media outlets for acknowledging them and making yeah, their, their faces and Absolutely. That's one of the uh, one of the things that the mainstream media definitely has uh, has done well in covering this is they have not forgotten to mention the other uh, the other seven people. After, of course, talking about Kobe and uh, his daughter, Gianna. I mean, we've had tributes pouring in from all over. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, of course, was on Inside the NBA tonight. And um, that was probably one of the more um, moving tributes that I have heard in terms of um, what he had said about Kobe Bryant. Um, Of course, we talked about the one with Jay Williams. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was on on Sunday. I can't remember. Jerry, West. Is it, is Jerry it West. Ellie Duncan. Yeah, Ellie that Duncan was, too. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, I I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it, and it, I've he he said like some, just some beautiful things there, and it was just the you can see all the people in these interviews with the same just like like gut wrenching reactions. Yeah, it's crazy, man. LeBron to Mike um, Wilbon. Mike Wilbon. Jimmy Fallon had one. Jimmy Fallon had one last night, yes. Oh, uh, that video he posted was hysterical. Where they were doing the Jeremy Lin post-game interview. It was on Jimmy Fallon Live. It's just as, it just shows Kobe sitting there just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> there, there are some great, in a brighter sense, there's some very funny videos. I've had make. some great laughs over yeah. these last couple of days just at the uh, reflection of his life. Like with the, yeah. Lou, the Lou Will, Matt Barnes story where... After they got blown out by Portland, Kobe took all their shoes, threw them in the garbage, and just goes, y'all are soft. Oh like, y'all aren't worthy of wearing Kobe's. The, the iconic gif of him just shaking his head at the other team, just saying soft. soft. It's just... Yeah. Oh, what was that other one? My, my, fa- my personal favorite commercial, the Turkish Airlines commercial with him and Messi. That was a good one. Oh, wait. I was going to say the, the Matt Barnes throwing it inbounds, and he has absolutely no reaction to the ball. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh my god. That was insane, man. That guy had ice in his veins. Uh, yeah. The one, I love this one. I do this now because I saw him do it. Um, when the cameraman's following him in the locker room and he goes across a, a big pole. Yes. And the cameraman keeps going with it. And oh, he's just, we lost Kobe. And he's just gone because he's hiding behind the pole. And then I, he pops I, his head I, I do that. I do that now, just because I saw that like years ago. <laughs> no, he he. The, um, who was it? Was it? Um, it's Ernie Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and we lost Kobe, and he peeks his head out of the corner. He's smiling at the camera. Like, <laughs> you know what he was doing all the time. I saw yesterday uh, when it's Game Seven of the NBA Finals against the Celtics when they won it, and Chris Rock's on the sideline. That's the one I was thinking. Right of. next to Kobe, and he's just telling jokes, and they show Kobe, and he's just. Stone cold, looking straight, sweating his balls off. So just he just looks so determined and so like 
he just wants to win so bad. He just doesn't give a fuck what he, he has he to say. He doesn't care what the hell's going on around him. He just he just wants to win. Yeah. That's the mama mentality in a nutshell. Where would we rank Kobe Bryant in terms of the greatest NBA players of all time? At the that's moment? A, that's a deep question, I know. Yeah. But At the moment, I'm saying two because LeBron's career hasn't finished. I, I'm, so, I'm still putting LeBron over, over Kobe, but I'm not putting LeBron over MJ. But I'll say MJ, LeBron, Kobe. Does that make Kobe at number three in I, terms of greatest NBA players for me? I think I'm in the same boat as that one. But in ter- someone called, I heard a lot of people calling him an artist. And if you're going to talk about in terms of like offensive artistry and making basketball look as beautiful as it possibly can, yep. I'm going to put Kobe number one on that. It's fair? Uh, personally, he'd be number two. On my list, just the way he, f- he affected, he just affects me as a as a guy. That's fair. He'd have to be my second. To That's MJ. very fair. Yeah. Oh, if we're t- if we're talking affection, then how would it? He's one. Well, for you, yeah, he'd be he'd be one for you. Um, I I mean for LeBron versus Kobe debate, which I think is um, is kind of the angle that everyone should be going with. Um, I think LeBron would definitely cement it if he can win a title in L.A. If he can bring the Lakers back to the finals and win in L.A., then I think I would say that the debate is settled, that LeBron is number two over Kobe. Um, but until he does that, then two and three are interchangeable. And I can understand uh, people talking about Kobe being number two, uh, greatest player of all time. I, 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 I get it. But if LeBron can win a title in L.A., then it would be hard for me not to put LeBron over Kobe. He has to win a title in, in L.A. now. Well, I would say I would say I want to know what the live line is for the Lakers to win the title this year. Um, God help anyone in LeBron's path this season. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. yeah. You, are, you are looking yeah. right in the eyes of a runaway train. He is going to barrel through the league. Like, yeah. We can, uh, the story's there, honestly. It's there. A grieving there city over their basketball icon. Hey, don't count out Kawhi and Paul George. They're the biggest Kobe fans growing up, too. Yeah, but it's the Lakers. Saw, it's the purple and gold. Well, know, it's the Lakers. I don't know if you've seen, you saw Kawhi's interview after they played, after he dropped. I like, did. He dropped 31. Yeah. The same day after Kobe passed. And he was just saying, you know, Kobe would want me to go out here and play tonight and, and yeah. grind. Yeah. That's all he'd want from me. I mean, it's it's looking like right now. I mean, if you just look at the Western Conference in general, just to kind of shift a little bit, and um, it'd probably make this a little brighter. Um, you just look at teams like the Lakers. You look at the Clippers. You look at the Mavericks. You look at the Nuggets. You look at the Rockets. Fuck the Nuggets. I mean, those are five teams right there that you could really realistically say you can make a case that they all can come out of of the West, but. The for Pelicans me, Zion. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. I mean, the uh, the one day that I just said, you know, I'm not watching basketball today. I, I just I can't do it. Zion went off. He went off. Actually, I didn't see a, see a stat line. He had do? 24 points in 27 minutes. Jesus. Double double. They won, right? Yeah. My, so he had 24 and 11. My take is gaining gaining traction right now. The wheels are rolling on this bus. Hey, uh, hey. Uh, the, I'm sorry, this wagon. On this the, wagon. The, te- the Team Birdsall ESPN Fantasy Basketball League team is uh, is looking good. Congrats. You drafted Zion in Fantasy Basketball. Hell You're yeah. A genius. Hell yeah, of course. I mean, I also drafted uh, I also drafted Devin Booker when uh, 
when someone else sitting to my right uh, had the opportunity to take well, them. Well, I got Trey Young, Luca, and Braun. Let's not talk now. You did take somebody else over uh, over Devin Booker. Um, someone say something while, while I look this up. Um, uh, Bill O'Brien's the GM of the Texans. We called it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. Oh, yeah, the owner. The pathway to Bill O'Brien no longer being the head coach of the Texans it has started. Has started. It has begun. We are on a very, very rocky boat right now. Um, with oh, this Bill O'Brien situation, in my opinion. Uh, changing the subject, that looks this up. I had my second ever paper cut today. Oh, did you hear first? Chef? I had my first ever like not even a month ago, so it was quite the scene today. When I got it. So, um, just for the sake of uh, Oh, dear Lord. Uh, <laughs> I know who it is. I should have told you. It's Draymond Green. Draymond Green. <laughs> Draymond Green. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I took Draymond Green over his boy. I just remember that. Hold up. Let's, let's yeah. see if we can find any good. Hold up. Scroll the fuck up. I guess I'll keep talking about this. Um, hold on. Hold up. No. This man took Russell Westbrook over Luca. Uh, that's, that's kind of, that's not yeah, Russell ridiculous West, at the Russell time. Westbrook oh. is the number five guard right now. Where's, well, where's, now, Dray, now where's Draymond Green? Good. <laughs> where's Draymond Green? I don't need Draymond Green. Is he even still on the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you, he's not on his team. You know, he's I, not I, on the Warriors, but he calls time. This is true. He was traded to the Dallas Mavericks, who also did say they are going to retire number 24. So, good how, on, how, how do we feel about good that? on Mark Cuban. How do we feel about that? Do you guys think? All for it. Everybody's sure. I am too. Um, All for it. Yeah, I think given given the uh, severity of the situation and the this being the first time that we really lost an NBA player in this fashion in the history of the NBA, you, I mean, I it's never happened. That's what Shaq was saying in his and what he was doing earlier on inside yeah. the NBA. He was talking about how all these legends they're they're still around. There's not yeah. one that you could really say like you see Dr. J, you see Bill Russell. The yeah, everywhere. The, on, the only pizza. one that I could think of top of the top of my head, like an NBA legend that's not here besides Kobe now, is Pistol Pete. And Will. And Will. Will, but Will died a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, Pistol Pete was the only one that I could think of. That's like a contemporary NBA legend that mm-hmm. should be here and is is not. I think it's. I'm not gonna say it's necessary. I think that the NBA right now has a very good opportunity to follow up in what the NHL did with Wayne Gretzky with the number 99 never being worn ever again. And with MLB with and Jackie Robinson, correct. 42. Correct. I think that um, it's a good good homage for a guy who's done so much for the game. A good homage. 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 Uh, yes, it is. And I think you know, there are people that are saying that 8 and 24 should be retired. Pick one. Pick one. Yeah, I, I think 24 is the one that should be um, I think retired, should be retired. Retire 24, and if you want to wear 8 as an homage to Kobe, yeah. I think that's fair. Well, I think, I think, I think you ahead. should have the opportunity for these young guys. I think some of them are even considering change. So I think Dinwiddie changes number off of number 8. To yeah, 26. To 26, yeah. but I also would be okay with some players changing number to 8 because yeah. – out of respect, and that, I see nothing wrong with that. But right. the respect of retiring 24, I'm totally on board with And that. right, if the, if the players want to then say, all right, 24 is retired and 8 is just untouchable, fine. You know, that's between the players. They can do that, you know, whatever. They're in their rights to go ahead and do so. But I, I agree. I think 23 and 24 should be um, very much off limits in terms of uh, players 
wanting to choose their jersey numbers in honor of, of course, MJ, who was the greatest of all time and will be the greatest of all time, come hell or high water, and, of course, Kobe. You know, I mean, they're probably... Do I dare even go down this road? Um, there probably is no bigger global star in the history of sports than Kobe Bryant. I don't think you're very far off in saying that. You could you probably could, make arguments for a couple other people. A couple but, soccer players, yeah, a couple I'd soccer say. Players. I'd say Pele, someone like that. Uh, like, uh, Michael, all right. Or Messi or Ronaldo. Michael. But, he's but yeah. not, not that far ahead. Like, he's right in that conversation. It's our, Talk about NBA in China is massive. Yeah. And Kobe's the guy there. NBA in Europe. He's NBA Europe. Kobe having the European background, all of the North America. I mean, you can go on. I'm sure they love him down in South America too. Yeah. Africa and everywhere else. I mean, he's an icon. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting debate. Also, like the creativity people are having with the redesigning of the NBA logos. I saw one that had the Lakers logo, uh, colors in it that I was not a fan of. No. But yeah. the idea of it, I mean, look, Jerry West. Uh, you see some cool shit. Jer- Jerry West isn't the basketball that we we love. Like, like I love, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm not putting, I'm not going to try and discredit Jerry West. But in the current NBA, the style of basketball that people emulate and people strive to recreate is what Kobe did. It's a and, jumper. And I think it would be fair, but I'm not saying it's necessary. So so hold on. Let's just give uh, one-word answers. Are you in favor of the logo change, yes or no? Yes. No. 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 Okay. I didn't think I'd be the only one I there. think um, we're talking about Jersey retiring tw- retiring 24 or changing the logo. I think the changing, number. Or, yeah, the number, yeah. The number would be the way to go. It's more realistic. I, I Certainly. Said, I know you said one word answer, but your question was, are we in favor of it? I, I'm in favor of it if that's what's... Yeah, that's what I was asking. Are you in what, favor of it? And that's what everyone's on board with among the NBA. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not pushing for it. Like, well, if, yeah. If it but happens, then, I'm okay with it. Like, I think it's fair, but... I'm not saying that we need to change the logo right now. Like, right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Well, I think also part of the problem with changing the logo and, and just going from a common sense perspective is you're changing a whole brand now. No, exactly. If you change the logo. Exactly. So you're ha- you're having to pull millions of jerseys off the shelves. You're having to change uh, multiple images in every arena across the country, change yeah. logos on it's, the floors of every arena around the country. That's, that's something that, that's, that's like a three-year process. Yeah, let, al- let alone apparel that yeah. you're putting out as it, well. It's yeah. not going to happen realistically. No, probably However, not. However, if they like figure it out, again, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's not like I'd be against it. Exactly, it yeah. That's more what I was, was going for. One more answer didn't do that question justice. There's a lot to, lot to talk about there. There's a, lot to talk, there's a lot to talk about there. You know what else is a lot to talk about? What's that? The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a there's a lot to talk about with uh, with the Bachelor. So uh, before we move on to the Bachelor, um, rest in peace, Kobe, uh, and thank you for a lifetime of uh, of memories and for inspiring millions of people just every day with uh, the Mamba mentality. And uh, yeah, and Gianna and everybody else on board that uh, that helicopter. Uh, rest in peace. Um, all right, let's uh, let's lighten this up. Let's talk about the Bachelor. Um, so let's talk about Alea. Well, before we talk about Alea again, yeah, I want to talk about Victoria F first. 
Um, so, of course, she went on her one-on-one -on -one with, uh, with Pistol Pete. So, before we even go down this road, I want to say that the ladies have left California. California is done. And they have gone to the beautiful, exotic, uh, one of the most visited and wanted to be visited places on planet Earth. Beautiful coastlines. Beautiful, beautiful coastlines as well. Ed, are you talking about, um, you talking about uh, Miami? No. Costa Rica? Are you talking about uh, Costa Rica? I'm not talking about Costa Rica. Uh, the Bahamas? I'm not talking about the Bahamas. I'm talking about Cleveland, Ohio, oh, folks. Of course. Of course, yes, because that's yes. exactly where we all thought they were yes. going to be going. Obviously. Place that of romance, that apparently. That was my first guess. Yeah, of course. That's where, you know, all romances are just going to go and blossom. Cleveland, Ohio. Fun, fun fact, our parents went on our, their honeymoon in Cleveland. Did they actually? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was about to say, like, wait, what? I, I have I have been to Cleveland before. When? I have. I went really? uh, when I was about, I think, I think I was 12. I went to Cleveland. I went to an Indians game. Ooh. Uh, Progressive Field? Yes. Oh, you fucking summer camp early. Yes. Uh, it was a Red Sox-Indians game, and I believe it was Jacoby Ellsbury while he was on the Red Sox. Hit a home run down the right field line, and you can catch, you can see me on TV, because I was right next to the ball being uh, hit over there. It was in the first inning of a Cleveland Red Sox game. In the oh okay. wow! Because one of the only, I think only, I actually can't remember, but I only went to one or two Red Sox games, and one of them was against the Indians, and Jacoby Ellsbury played. Wow, that's shocking that he played. <laughs> very, very it shocking. It is shocking that he played. The plantar fasciitis in his foot wasn't acting up. Uh, yeah, amongst the other things. A Red Sox pitching coach gave me a ball from that game. There was like a bunch of like a uh, bunch of kids that were uh, on the side during pregame warmups, and he came up to us and he gave me the ball specifically. I don't know why, but he did. Well, I guess he liked you. I, I well, guess so. I have a funny story going along yeah. the the ball route. So. I was at a Yankees Blue Jays game oh, when, come I, on. when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come get, on. Get ready for your defense. And uh, Tony Pena, who was the Yankees hitting oh, coach at the time. Yeah, f famous uh, first base coach. Exactly. Yankees. And hitting coach and bench coach. Yes. Uh, came back. It was one of the warm-up balls they used for, to, for the infield. And he rolled me the ball. So I had the ball a whole bit. And uh, my dad said he wanted to get it cleaned and, uh, you know, put in the case and the whole bit. So yeah, I said, yeah. and the nine-year-old me was like, okay, sure. So, um, then I learned that my brother and one of his friends, who both of you know, I will not say his name on the podcast, I will tell you after, uh, had used this baseball without knowing for catching and uh, batting practice. Nice. At least it wasn't assigned Babe Ruth baseball. That's true. It could have been. Hey, you ruined nine-year-old me. Just want you to know that. I don't have my baseball. My bad. Hey, at least it doesn't compare to when we played catch with a Don Larson side yeah, baseball this without is, knowing. This is also true. Yeah. We were we were also these laying around. <laughs> we were also like seven. I was seven, and you were probably four. Maybe I, I don't. I don't even know. I still have that ball upstairs somewhere. How would it? They probably just could have wrote like a phone number on it. I'd fucking know. That's true. I love the trip down memory lane, but. We really have to get back to the bachelor. Yeah, how do we get on, on this? On this, oh, hey, hey, this is this is, this is this is true. It but we're trying, fault. but we're trying to give more quality content. Yes. We, we need some, we need some and filler. I want to say I gave the ball away. You're a good gentleman. Good for you. To my friend who is a Red Sox fan. Oh, good oh. for you. What a, what a good friend like you are. Thank you. I also went to the music 
rock and roll, rock and roll Hall of Fame. Rock and roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. It was a, it was mid. The music Hall of Fame. Yeah, all yeah. <laughs> just all music, yeah. all music. I, I knew a lot about it at the, the time. The Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, Rolling Stones. Who? It was it was okay. You know, I was twelve, so I didn't really appreciate it as much as I should have. That's fair. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Besides that. Uh, Cleveland was okay. Hey, even uh, okay. even nineteen year old me who went to the MoMA for a uh, assignment did not appreciate it one bit, and I have no interest in going back there. That's just for. I love the MoMA. Yeah, cool. I always confuse the MoMA with uh, the, Met. the Met. Yeah, yeah I don't know which to. one I went to. I went to one of them. I don't know. Which. I went to I went to both, and they I were both the, they were both equally terrible. I think I went to the MoMA. Uh, Andy Warhol though, pretty cool. Two cans. The what? The Andy Warhol soup cans. The, the Campbell well, it, soup it might not have been there. Canton? It might not have been there when you went, but I'm, oh. I thought it was a permanent uh, exhibit there. You are very uncultured. Do you know art. what that is? No. Do you no, know what I... Starry Night? I know what Starry Night is, oh. yes. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm pretty sure that was there. Da Vinci, when, right? When I went to the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't really see it. Well, I, surrounded. I'll preface this by saying I know who Andy Warhol is, but I did not know there was the an Campbell exhibit. The Campbell soup cans with the different colors and stuff. Y- y- yeah, sure. I can't wow. believe you know that. Yeah. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. You so appreciate it. So me? Yeah, I'm just. I'm, I'm not uncultured. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm so, sorry. so as we're as we're killing some time here before we go into the bachelor, I will preface this by saying uh, the one, the two times that I went to the MoMA and the Met, they were both with my dad, who equally did not want to be there as much as I did. So we went in there, took the pictures that I needed to take, took a picture of my ticket that we paid like five dollars for, then we left. And then we drove all the way to Arthur Avenue and had lunch both times. Just to put it out there. So really we went in for Arthur Avenue, but then got some work done beforehand. And then we went to go eat. I don't even know where Arthur Avenue is, honestly. Yeah, you, you, you It's in the, the Bronx. City, right? I don't know the city. <laughs> you don't appreciate art like you should have. No, I don't. I appreciate, I appreciate good Italian cuisine. Arthur Avenue is one of the biggest uh, stretches of Italian cuisine uh, in New York City. It. So it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole stretch of... Italian restaurants, bakeries, and, and things like that. And you can just go and have your choice of uh, any type of Italian cuisine. So I don't I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to assume it's better Little Italy. That yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. It is, it's hard to say. Yeah, I'm, but, a big, um, I'm a big fan of Arthur Avenue. I'm going to say Little Italy sucks. Yes, it does. I have a question. Shoot. Is Parmesan on the menu when you um, go as a... So <laughs> I, can, I can confirm to you that Parmesan is not on the menu. Oh, okay. So when Jared doesn't listen to this podcast because he just doesn't listen to anything because he's a freaking putz, um, I can confirm to him that Parmesan was not on the menu and thus he does have a point deducted. Plus, he has another bunch of points deducted for not listening to the podcast. So therefore, he has negative points, which means Matt really came in fourth and not Jared. He came in fifth. Uh, question. What is putz? Putz? Yeah. That's like stu- that's like stunad. It's like uh, you're you're a silly head. It's it means all the same thing. Just but like I think, think of what Jared is and like putz is just perfectly described. Yeah, but I think I think putz is is, is a uh, is a Jewish is a Jewish oh. origin. No, I believe. You're thinking of schmuck, unless they both are. No, I I know I know schmuck is uh, is is Jewish. But I'm a, I'm two percent Jewish according to my ancestry DNA test. Really? Yeah, just wanted to say. Really, my dad my dad's doing one of those, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna find out uh, all about us. I don't know how I could be two percent Jewish because Jewish is a Jewish is not a nationality as far as I'm. So concerned. you're you're probably Israeli. No, it's both. What? What? Yeah, no, they they consider it both. Uh, I don't know if you t- I don't know if we want to get into this right now, but they so. Consider both. So a uh, definition of putz. It it is in fact Yiddish Hebrew. Can you spell um, that? P U T Z. Yeah. Z. Okay. Yes. P U T Z. So 
uh, a stupid or worthless person. Oh. That is pots. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really? Can, yeah. can you help me out? Yeah, go ahead. Jewish is a nationality. Uh, it is. Uh, no, it's not a nationality. It's a religion. Oh, I'm sorry, ethnicity. Yes. That's what I meant. Yes. I always make something. Jewish is an ethnicity, an correct. Ethnicity. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. But it's not It's not a nationality. Israeli is the nationality. So I have a, another question for you, random off topic. Um, yeah, go ahead. Was Randy Moss a uh, top wide receiver any season in the decade of 2010 to 2019? I don't think so. Uh, no, he was not. Because Jerry told me he was. And, you know. N- no. No, he, he most certainly was not. I have to say, is, is Travis Scott and Kelly Price? <laughs> Travis Scott, I Jared told me Travis Scott was not in Kelly Price, but from listening to the song and hearing Travis Scott in it, I'm pretty sure he's in the song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never listened to this. So I don't know why we're wasting this much time talking about him. So, yeah, we've just gone down a very deep, dark hallway of uh, complete nonsense. Is anyone a Chase Rice fan here? I'm a big Chase Rice fan. Uh, that was, that was very awesome. I, I like the guy. After what I saw on the episode of The Bachelor, which is what we're going to talk about now. Right? Yes. So yeah. let's just let's just completely rewind. Let's completely reset. So they go to Cleveland, and Victoria F gets her one on one with uh, Pistol Pete, and Pete. they're going to Pistol Pete, Pilot Pist- Pete, Pistol Pete. You got to say Pilot Pete because there already is a Pistol Pete. Well, oh, yeah. Pistol Pete Maravich. Okay, yes. we have we have a living Pistol. We're not Pete. duplicating nicknames here. Yeah. Well, my Pete that I'm talking about knows how to use his pistol. So Pistol Pete. Um, so, it's the truth. Four times in windmill. Oh, fair, fair. I forgot. Fine. I forgot about that. Fine. See, I got background. Anyway, um, so Victoria F. goes on her one-on-one, and I believe the date card says something along the lines of, it's time to take our love to new heights or yes. something like yes, that, something I believe heights. it was. Yeah, it was a flying pun. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that yeah. slingshot thing. And the slingshot thing, yes. Fuck those things, So man. we get to when Victoria F. gets to the airport, and she sees that Peter is going to take her on a flight around Lake Erie and the city of Cleveland. And the first thing that she says is, on top of her not having the self-confidence and her being afraid of her own shadow, she's also afraid of heights. Everyone's afraid of heights. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, afra- I'm afraid of heights, too. But when I go on an airplane... I'm fine. You ever been in a two-seater airplane with some guy who's on a TV reality show that is a pilot that we don't actually know is a pilot? He is a pilot. He flies for Delta. Yeah, sure he fucking does. No free advertising. That's a great, great plot for the whole show. I mean, look, this guy, for all we know, got his pilot's license two weeks ago before the show started, and he's just flying these girls around willy-nilly like it's nothing, all right? Hey, as far I as... I scared shitless if I was in that plane. As far as I'm concerned, he's got his he's got his license one way or another. If I got my boating license yesterday, I'd be going to the Great South Bay and doing freaking donuts in Since 2018, like he's been flying for Delta Airlines. So he's been flying for a year. Two years. At the time, at the, time the show has been like a year. The show is filmed... Year and a half. So he's year been and a half. You're Prior not. to flying with Delta, he flew for Compass Airlines, which began in 2015. All right. I'm still... He is an experienced enough pilot. Either way, I've never been in a two-seater plane, and I probably will never be in a two-seater but plane, I would scary as shit. But I would think if Victoria F. really is in love with this person, she would have unconditional trust in him... To fly a plane. Yes. Do you know how hard flying a plane is? Uh, yes, but the man has his pilot's license. It's not like he's doing it as a hobby. People who it's have his pilot's job. license crash commercial jets. You're going to get in a little little dingy thing over the year. Listen, Lake Erie. Rest uh, in peace, Roy Holiday. This he is died. true. This is way. true. This is true. 
I mean, I trust my my man Pistol Pete to be uh, Captain Sullyberger if something if something goes wrong. I'm tired of you with this whole self esteem, tough confidence, whatever you're saying about Victoria F. Because that well, girl, it's true. That girl had the balls to tell him that she dated Chase Rice, said letting it slide under, never be talked about, and I think that they both handled the situation very well. So, going into that. Um, so they go to this amusement park, which is... I went there. I went there. I went to Cedar Point when I went to Cleveland. You did? Nice. I did. Nice. Thank you. It was really, it was really awesome. It was actually better than any Six Flags that I went to. Interesting. Is it, is it Six Flags? No. Uh, no, it's his own amusement park. I love Six Flags. Which was conveniently just empty. <laughs> just, just ever so conveniently. We all know how yeah. full Cleveland is of tourists. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. But... Then, of course, everyone who was in the amusement park is over at this, pri- this private concert. Very, private. very, very private, I know, of, um, of Chase Rice, who is, uh, who is a very fine gentleman. And um, he did his new song, Lonely If You Are, which is very, very good. And um, then Victoria F. is, of course, um, how do I put this? Uh, having, having a nervous breakdown internally. Uh, knowing that that is her ex-boyfriend and she has not told uh, Pistol Pete yet. I thought the the camera work on the way on the way when she was leading in with with Pete on the way to the stage and she was just curious to see who it was and then she found out who it was. The camera work was amazing. Yeah, it was. We already knew what was going to happen because we saw it in the preview. Yeah. So watching it live, seeing her walk into. Into the uh, arena, I don't know, the stage area, whatever. The viewing it was. area. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was great to just have the close-up on her face. Yeah, you <laughs> could just... You, she's like, what's going on? You could just cut the tension <laughs> and, and with a like, knife. bitch, you're about to see your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like, like it, was, it was just great, great camera work. So out of curiosity, did anyone look up the lyrics to Lonely If You Are? Oh, uh, yes, I do know. It sounded like it looked oh, like it was singing l- to her. So one verse is literally like a bachelor... Reference. I thought it was like, okay, he knew he was fucking coming on the show. Well, no, this song was out long before he was on The Bachelor. This song had been out since early last year. Really? Yeah. Also, the, the rumor was he didn't want her to be on The Bachelor, right? I think she said that during... I saw on Twitter today that he was pissed. That he was pissed at the producers because they set it up like that. Well, I would be pissed off too, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm curious if they knew. They don't. I, I'm sure they do a lot of background research on this contestant. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they knew. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't take too much uh, effort to find out that one of their contestants was dating a country star. So I'm just curious how they lined it up. Where doesn't Pete pick who goes on the date with him? Yes. So how did they line it up where this would be the like the time that she went on the date with Pete and they knew that Chase Rice would have a concert. Like, because he doesn't, mm. he doesn't pick who actually goes on the date. It's no, like, producers were definitely in his ear. It's all written. Yeah. Come no, on. no. Like, he, the, the interactions are real, but the, the situations are made up. No, he so, picks. He I'm picks thinking, on who goes on yeah, the dates. I'm thinking he picks and then the producers they set up the, where it's going to be. Exactly. They, influence him to, they set this, up this time. the dates yeah. based on... We're just going to go to Cleveland. <laughs> right. They set up the dates based on what he or the girls are into. And this date was specifically set up because Victoria F. is a fan of country music. Clearly. Yes. Well, I... Yeah, whether it's sexually transmitted or not is another story. I didn't say anything like that. Um, I mentioned well, country artist. I did. Jesus Christ. I did. I said it. I just said she's clearly this country music. No, you no, Tim, Tim, Tim. You are 
fully in the clear of this. This is not you. I took it there, placed the blame on me, but I am just spitting factual information here. Fine. This is not you. This is me. Um, and then, of course, Victoria F. and Pistol Pete have dinner at Town Hall. In Romance. City Hall. <laughs> dinner at City Hall. City Hall. Yeah. City Hall. Sure. Sure. And um, Victoria F. breaks it to Pete that they had just saw her ex-boyfriend serenading them. And then Victoria F. proceeds to go cry in a corner. And then they talked it out because he was clearly taken aback by the fact that, look, her having dated... The fact that she dated someone that performed for them like is one thing, mm-hmm. but... I would still have like the same reaction as him, just because it's it's not he's mad that she dated him. It's more like a wait, yeah. like, you dated a famous person like that's 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 surprising news. Like that that's like, he found out that she runs with a certain crowd and that that took him back, but clearly they worked it out, and I think it was actually a good moment for them. This turned into something positive because no, it certainly did. It yeah. turned into something positive, yes, but I'm not ready to give this girl a purple heart. For disclosing her... Well, uh, for that. Disclosing what? What do you mean? For disclosing her past relationships. Like, I think that's just something that you do. What do you it mean? is. Wait, no, it's, that's, that's a normally acceptable thing. But if you're going to try and marry somebody, not necessarily date. Like, if you're going to date someone, you don't have to disclose your past relationships. You don't have to. I, I don't... If Like, if I'm going out with somebody and I have no plans of marrying her, I don't give a fuck who she's been with. I don't care. But if you're gonna marry someone, then yeah, you want you want to know who she's oh, been with. Yeah, you want no, okay? I agree with you on that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not gonna commend her like Tim is going to for saying that was such a brave thing to do. Oh, like no, that's, that's okay. just that's no, just no, no, something no. that you no, have to do if you're gonna want to marry this it was guy. Very, it was very hard for her. Yes, it was very very tough. That, especially because she's in the situation where saying. she doesn't want to ruin the day with him. But she didn't. Uh, this is where I don't agree with her though, as in. Did you really think you're gonna ruin the date by saying that you were dating that guy? Thank you. Like, yes. She almost did. Did you see his reaction? Well, he was go, go, shocked. Was I mean, I would, I would be. Yeah, you would be fucking would blown be away too. Right away, but no. I think you should know it's ultimately gonna be better off if you say it right. There. It's just being honest. But it's just it's being hard, honest. It's hard to say though. And if you're gonna marry somebody, like the end game of this is, you got to be honest with that person. Come all your flaws so, and all of your positives. Say, yeah, that's what he's been saying all along. If, exactly. If that's the goal, though, you don't. You don't actually marry him until the show's over. Well, so, right. Could she have? But that's the this? end game of could this. She, could she have slept on this and told him in the future, like, "Hey, mm. by the way, I, I did." Ch-. But I'm saying that's possible. That's something she could have done, and she didn't do it. It yeah. wouldn't have been a good look if she if she did. No, exactly. Which, yeah. But she didn't do it, so that's what I'm saying. This is a good look for her. It, 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 is. No, it, 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 it is a, a good girls, look. A lot of people would have just said nothing. We're just blown it off, right? It is a good look for her. I will I will give you that part. Which is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well, she made the right move. She had the balls to tell him as opposed to bottling it up. And that's smart. Yes, but I wouldn't say that it was something it's not that to cry in the not, corner over. It's right. Which, it's, yeah, I agree with that, but well, that's, that's she didn't have a choice. That's, that's also who she is. And though. It's also she the cries a lot. Of the show. Yeah. This is all stuff that this is. I'm surprised you're not on board with this take that this is all written. Like, yeah, they had this conversation, but this is all staged. I'm and also a realist that if if. I'm going to try and marry somebody. I expect to know who you've been around the block with. No, but I'm, sa- I'm saying, like, her running away and him chasing her and having that conversation, and it looks like they're filming through, like, a little gate or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, they run into the corner. And they that part is fair. They can't see anything, but all of a sudden there's a camera hiding behind it. Like, it's all set up. Like, like I'm not opposed to it. It's great television. 
But <laughs> the fact that she was the one on the chase race date and the fact that she's running into the corner and he's chasing her down, just like he has to do every time he's talking to one of them. Like, it's a, it's theatrics. No, it's that a, that part that part is fair. And that part I will uh, I will give you. Um, and then we went into the group date, which was all the girls except for Victoria F., who had her one-on-one, and Kelsey, who then gets her one-on-one, and the group date goes to the Cleveland Brown Stadium, and they play football. Hell of a game. Because apparently Pistol Pete is a big football guy. My question is, who's his favorite team? That's my question. He's from California. I bet you he's a 49ers fan. That would be gross. I bet you he's a 49ers fan. He that would, would, I'm he, on it. He looks like one right now. I don't know why. He just looks like one. I would think. I think he looks like a. He looks like a, either a Chargers guy or a Rams guy. Chargers don't have fans. Give me a break. Yeah, but, I, I'm the only Chargers supporter in the history of the earth. And that's because of one point. Yeah, but he, but he was, but he's like original OG LA. So he yeah, could be, so maybe I, it could be the Raiders. I was thinking maybe the Raiders, but I think he's too good looking to be a Raiders fan. No offense to any other Raiders fan, but I, I feel like he would. That's a certain breed. He, he needs to be 50 pounds heavier to be a Raiders. And fan. he wouldn't go to a game in a mask. He's not covering his face up with a mask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is true. So I think he's a 49ers, I think the 49ers fan. fan is, is the he way just to go. Is. Like, I'm just breaking the news. That's so all all the all the perfect California surfer boys just have to be 49ers fans. Right. Um. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> the quarterback is handsome, they're handsome, so it's just a match made Tom in heaven. Brady's a I 49ers think it's a, fan. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers is a forty was a 49ers fan. You know, handsome gentlemen all around. It's a couple handsome guys. Right so there. the 49ers are uh, the team for all the handsome men in America. Okay. So what team do you think Pistol Pete roots for? Uh, I'm going for the uh, uh, the San Diego Chargers. 49ers. Changing it up now because you have yeah. a smile on your face. He's a Rams yeah, fan. Yeah. He definitely. Wait. Wait. Okay, is he is it outside the state of California? Yes. Okay. Oh. Let's take our guesses now. Let's take our oh, okay. Guesses. All right. Um, uh, oh my God. What year was he born? He's twenty eight years. No, he's thirty now. Thirty. Yeah. This, so this article 30. is. So his he's dad's 30, probably sixty. So, so, so he's a Steelers dad, fan. When was his dad born? <laughs> yeah. Wait. I need to know when his dad was born. Yeah. Find out when his dad, dad was born. Is that a Steelers born. fan or a Cowboys fan? I want to go Steelers. I'm. I'm going with the. I'm, I don't know why I'm going outside the box. I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's, that's not outside the box. It's another former grandparent. So his, his dad's like 60. Okay, since you said the Steelers, you said the Packers. I'm going to go with the yeah. other the uh, dynasty in the area, which is the Cowboys. Uh, so just to preface it, all three of you are wrong. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what he could be? Could be a Dolphins fan. Could you, could you, give, could you give a division? Uh, NFC North. Minnesota oh, no, NFC West, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. NFC West? Don't tell me he's a freaking Seahawks fan. He is a Seahawks fan. Oh, my God. I can get on board with that. I got family in Seattle. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I always oh Seattle. my god! I'm a Seattle, good, good city. Good city. Pistol Pete. Roses are black, violets are black. Everything's black. So, so now, so now at the end of the season, at the end of the uh, season, and uh, the week one when they have their home opener, he's gonna be the one that. Oh, uh, he definitely it's is. with the twelves. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna raise the twelve flag with with whoever wins. Yeah, yeah for you for you, Kelly. Oh, is she, no, where's she from? She's from oh Canada. wow, that's a that's a handsome gentleman with hair. Who? Pistol Pete. This is terrible radio, by the way. But if you go on his Instagram, you can find the picture that we're uh, <laughs> that we're talking about. The one on the right. Oh, he's on the right. Okay. Yeah, the one on the right. That's, he's wearing uh, an Iron Rogers Seahawks jersey. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, is Russell number twelve? Number twelve is retired in the city of Seattle. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. yeah sorry. Yes. I forgot that the fans are a player. Yeah, they're they're the twelves. Come on. That's one thing um, I'm not on board with. He's fucking retired twelve. So the game. Uh, it was 
of course, dramatic. It was quite the one-on-one battle between Cheyenne and Deandra. It, it really was. Cheyenne was looking like Vince Young at the Rose Bowl in 2006, rushing for like four touchdowns. <laughs> That was a Bravo. Great very well done. That was a great performance. That might have been your best one yet. Thank you. That was very, very well done. Uh, yes, uh, Cheyenne had four touchdowns in this game. That is a true fantasy sleeper. I'm definitely keeping her on my radar for 2020 drafts. More proof that this is definitely all set up. I, I think it's going to be... Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm just keeping it my fantasy radar. What do you want me to say? Fair enough. Another proof that this is all... Racked up a lot of points. Of course this game ends in a tie. Of course. Yeah, everybody wins. Also, I'm not sure if you guys picked up on it, that every single time that there was a touchdown, you got your close-up shot where they got the play right and there's some action going on and someone breaks on the outside and all of a sudden you're in a drone and it's the full field and someone's running down the whole field. Like, give me a break, all right? They, They got a couple good shots... And then they're like, all right, let's hey, take a it's story cin- it's cinematography at its best. They got their shots in, and then they got a story out of it. That's exactly what happened. It is 20, totally. 28. Totally. It is true cinematography at its best. We just we just absolutely love to see it. Although, which comeback is better, the um, goal team or the Patriots over the Falcons? Patriots over the Falcons. I don't know, 28 to 3? or Oh, it wasn't 28 to 0. Oh, no, wait, because the goal team was playing for Pete. So that really is a bigger prize than the Super Bowl. It is. Um, it's marriage or a trophy? I mean, what's more important? Yeah, marriage, trophy, That's both true. getting a ring, uh, but you're getting a handsome, handsome, handsome band. Oh, wait, no, it. they fucking tied. No one wins. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you, but you still get time with Pete. A, you still get time with Pete. What's up with that? Why did they just go into OT? How, like, whose oh. idea was that? Because it's, it's, a, it's a snowflake generation. We need to have everybody win. Oh, everyone everyone gets time with Pete. You're we right. don't want anybody going home to the hotel and sobbing all night that Smoothie with someone else. Cream wee, puffs. Wee, wee, wee. Bunch of cream puffs. Exactly. Actually, what happened was it was rigged. Please tell. It high so mm-hmm. they could set up for our next time. Tim, you were, you were all over the rigging today. You are, I've been you, all over it all season. I you we know, no, 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 Specifically no. today, no, but you were all but today, over But I kind of thought we all were like in the same boat that like everyone knows this is all written, right? Tim is well, also yeah, I agree. Tim is also the one to point out every possible conspiracy that there oh, is because absolutely. this is the king of conspiracy theories, I and I say that in the most respectful and loving way imaginable. And Tim, I, that I this is king conspiracy over here. Sometime in the future, I'll be right about one of them, and you guys will all be like, "God." Yeah, damn. odds are you bring up a, you bring up a conspiracy theory. You odds know. are you're going to be right about one of them. Where'd you find that one, Tim? <laughs> so, <laughs> but Tim, I do agree with you that. Um, it is written. We obviously know that, but I, I just choose, very well. I choose to not recognize the written parts of it, like the the perfectly set up stuff. I choose to not recognize it. See, as as a fan of great cinematography and great writing, yes, and producing, yes, and acting I, and acting. I won't talk about the acting this show. I'm going to go talk about the <laughs> the other side of this one. Um, I sit there and sometimes I'm in awe because the way that they're able to set this show up. I mean, come on, a group of 20 women fighting for a guy would be great television, but it oh, would be so great. The twists and the, the things that they make happen, I, I'm not upset that I know it's written at all. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's so entertaining. It, I'm happy they write it. I'm not complaining at all. I just want to put that out there. No, that's very fair. Uh, can we go to the injury report, please? Uh, Victoria P. has a back injury. What happened? Oh. Um, Bird, can we well, look this up? Can you I find think out she's Victoria P's back injury. Let's look. Please. Let's see if there's any pre. That is condition a too. very good take that we are going to be talking about very very shortly. Smooth move on her part. Respect. And she's a liar. 
And oh, I think oh you, was, okay, now you want to go into that? Well, I, I yes. want to mention one thing. DeAndre was looking like Deion Sanders with her bandana on. She, that was pretty true. fresh. Yeah, true. Was, it was very fresh. fly. Yeah. I wanted to mention that. And Cheyenne, I called Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Or Vince Young in the 2006 Rose Bowl. I was calling DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, I, I Maria. called Cheyenne Cheyenne Dickerson because she was running all over the field. Oh, like Eric Dickerson? Yes. That's very well done. Great comparison. So apparently Victoria P's back is still fucked up from the gyro incident from day one. What from, gyro from incident? From her spinning on that thing? Yeah. No way! She's oh my f- god, that sounds like a, that seems like a month ago. Seems soft. I mean, look, Pretty soft. I think it was foreshadowing. Like, S-A-W-F-T, soft. coming on and be like, oh, my back still hurts. Why? Get into the next scene. Why? I mean, that's Whoa. what was happening. Oh, so, yes, we... One more thing. Go ahead. Jo- Josh Go. Cribbs made an appearance. Oh, Absolutely. My God. Josh motherfucking Cribbs Love made an appearance. Love to see it. Well, Josh Cribbs is also a big fan of football-related television as he made several appearances on the TBS show The League. Also, one he of was on that he was on there? He I was. thought he was on it once. I remember him being on it, but I don't remember. He was. Wow. Josh Cribbs was on that. Josh Cribbs is the leading kicker turner in yards for the Cleveland Browns. I just want to put it out there. I think Josh Cribbs is the most overrated player in the history of Cleveland Browns. Wow. Over Johnny Manziel? Yes, because Johnny Manziel played for about two games at a cup of coffee. On is the it overrated Browns. or underrated? Overrated. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I don't know. I Josh Cribbs is I don't a agree random ass player. <laughs> I don't agree with that because the uh, the starting quarterback that's there right now may have something to say about that. Okay. I think my favorite play in football is a kick return. Yeah, but uh, and he's I, the all time leader in return touchdowns. Is he not? Josh, no. What? Oh, no, it's Hester. Devin Hester. Oh, Hester. Devin Hester. Hester. Someone yeah, yeah. said that during watching it. I didn't think well, that was right, no, but no, I no, just no. took it. No, it's Hester, right? Every time. Was it Jared that said that? It definitely was. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. And Travis, Travis Scott wasn't in Kelly Price. Um, Josh Cribbs. Well, no, absolutely not. When I think of Josh Cribbs, I just think about him going up to catch a ball and it hits him in the helmet. That's and then he, he gets concussed. That wasn't his job. His job no, was to be. No, he's catching a punt return. Oh, yeah. He gets hit well, in the helmet with the ball. He goes to retrieve the ball and he gets smacked and he gets concussed. I don't know how many concussions he's had in his career because I swear he's had at least four. Uh, kick go- returns, a, returns a, a good amount where now he has to act playing football instead of actually doing it. I just couldn't believe Josh Cribbs was on The Bachelor. That was wonderful. That was, it, was a, it was a sight to behold. Had to mention it. So go ahead, Tim. Should we get into this? Yes. Now, yes. Now okay. I'll, I'll, I'll All right. Sorry, sorry. So now we get to the after the date when you have one team celebrating, uh, scoring the tying touchdown and getting to go to the cocktail party, and the other one that's very upset that they had to share time at the cocktail party. The cocktail party. Right. Quotes. Right, the cocktail party without cocktails. Where Victoria is miraculously sitting upstairs by herself. Right, exactly. Um, so they're all sitting there. They're all waiting for their time with uh, with uh, Pistol Pete. Uh, Victoria P. Uh, starts off the night and steals Pistol Pete, which upsets Cheyenne because Cheyenne... Really wanted her first her first little moment to steal Pete and talk about her MVP quality performance in this game, which did not happen. She then decides she then proceeds to have an emotional breakdown about it again, again, and then all hell breaks loose when Alea, who was sent home last week in favor of McKenna, who ended up staying, uh, who has not gotten any time with Pistol Pete, much to her dismay as well. Um, returns, uh, interrupts uh, Cheyenne, who finally gets her time with Pete, but then is cut off by a returning Alea, who then sits down and wants to discuss facts. 
with Peter, which I, I respect because she's back. And she, again, she said it last night. She has nothing to lose. She would not come back and go out of her way to try and work her way back into the show if she did not have a point to prove. And she, if she was a lying sack of shit, then okay. But she had nothing to gain, nothing to lose from this. And she came back and she went full scorched earth. And she called Victoria P. a flat-out liar. And I say bravo to you because her story does not add up. Then they call Victoria P. in. And while Alea is sitting there and regurgitating facts to Victoria P., Victoria P. is sitting there looking pretty with her busted up back from the gravitational spinning thing uh, week one and saying, Oh, Peter, you just have to trust me in this. Just have to trust me. Oh. Just have to trust me. Like That voice made me you uncomfortable. That was a... That was a great job. It was really Thank you good. very much. Thank really you very good, much. Imagine how I'm a, I'm a voice talent. High depth. Oh, God. That was a great job. I'm a voice talent. What can I say? I do this for a living. It's my profession. I'm a radio professional. Oh, you, you've done this before? Done I've done this before. before. Yes, okay. I've exper- I'm, I'm, I'm experienced in the radio game. And um, so anyway, you have a layer that's spitting concrete facts and is giving concrete examples of things in which she and Victoria P. had potentially participated on together while Victoria P. is just saying, you have to take my word for it. And I know which one I'm going to side with, whether I like them or not. I'm going to take the one that is spitting concrete facts over the one that is saying, you just got to trust me. Tim, are you on that side with this? I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky because Victoria looked like a straight-up liar during that whole sentence. 100% she looked awful. But was she just taken aback because she didn't expect this and she didn't know how to prepare herself? Whatever it was, I mean, I don't know, but I think she looks like a straight up liar. And yep. um, the whole thing that's not adding up with her saying that they're, f- I I wasn't sure what her point was because she said that they only knew each other for three hours, but then she admitted that they went on a trip together, but then stuck with the fact that they were never friends. And I'm really just, I don't understand. That is possible. Her story just does not possible. add up. That they were friends for three hours and they went on a full trip to Los Angeles. Well, it wasn't no, just like them together. It no, was like no, a bunch no. Of girls, they, they planned a trip together. Oh. Uh, that, yeah, you know that's, what? that's the thing. I guess. I don't know. The story doesn't add up. As, as of right, either as of right now, with the facts that are available, the story just does not add up for Victoria P's side. I don't think While, it does for Alea's side either. Uh, no, but Alea also has nothing to lose. Alea is co- coming in and saying the worst thing can happen to me is I'm sent back home again. I live my life as usual, whatever. But I'm coming here. I'm, te- I'm telling the flat out truth. And I'm trying to clear my name, but I will. I will say though, her going, her going around and then spreading shit about Victoria F and Chase Rice, that is a different level that's of thought. That's, that's just the same red flag. That's, it's, 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 a, it's, a it's the same red flag. She's just a straight problem. I don't get why Pete hasn't figured that out yet. Uh, mean, she is. A, she is a straight problem. But to be fair, she has a different way of being a problem than others do, who are just as big of a problem, if not bigger than she is. Like I think Victoria P puts on this image of I'm perfect, I'm this model, I'm this beauty queen, Miss America contestant, whatever. A nurse. But a nurse, yes. Caregiving. Yeah, so caregiver. Caregiver. But, but I'm, all, I'm also a liar, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure that I get to the top, because she's probably had to do that before, given her beauty contestant pageantry yeah, background. Exactly. You have Victoria F., who I do like, but she just has, it just seems like she's got a laundry list of just 
different issues. It's just every week there's something different. And, I mean, if I'm looking at Pete, I'm saying you have girls like Madison, you have girls like Kelly, you have girls like even Hannah Ann. Well, Hannah Ann just comes off as an attention whore. Well, she definitely craves the camera and likes the camera being in her face. Let's be real. But there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with her at all. Whereas you have Victoria F., who is just... Wait, you're turning into Victoria F.? No, I'm not turning against Victoria F. I'm saying that she is just not a contender that, for me, is going to go far because she just has She's having trouble problem after problem after problem after problem after problem after problem. And eventually, that just gets fucking exhausting for anybody, let alone being on a TV show where you're, where you're contending for one guy's heart when there are about five or six other girls in that house who don't have as many issues as she does. I'll tell you right now. Go ahead. Victoria F. gets voted off. I'm pulling a Brett with Vanessa Hudgens. Sliding in. Right in the DMs. Oh, by the Ooh. way, uh, Vanessa hasn't answered me yet. I assume she's busy. It's okay. Mm, this is terrible news. No, she'll get back to him. What do you mean terrible news? It's never over. No, this is terrible, this this is terrible news. I didn't look. Okay, it, well, if she didn't read it, you're fine. Because, I mean, she just hasn't well, seen it. She's maybe, busy. maybe she's, maybe she's uh, busy with Kyle Kuzma. I doubt that. Because Shut up. That's <laughs> disgusting. That's uh, disgusting. What? what? She, they, they may be going out and having uh, lunch and uh, dinner dates. She hasn't seen it. Yeah, so you're fine. She's busy. Back burner. She's really busy. Yeah. Maybe she's going out on, uh, on lunch and dinner dates with... Uh, shut, shut up. With Back Kyle Kuzma. Back to the bachelor. Please. Um, there should be just a bachelor season of you with Vanessa Hudgens. And me with Victoria F. Um, bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise? That's the one with the guys and the girls, right? Yeah. Me, yeah. you, Vanessa Hudgens, Victoria F. How do they find out who gets voted off on that show? I've always been kind of confused about that. On Bachelor in Paradise? Yeah, or is it just like an orgy for 10 weeks? It's not an orgy for, it's not an orgy for 10 weeks. I think, I think the way that it how works... You, how do you win that? I think it's just the person that, go, that goes, uh, it's, I think it's either who goes the furthest or it's the ones that last as a couple the longest, I believe. Oh, probably. I think yeah. it's something like that. Imagine uh, that. That's juicy. That is pretty juicy, honestly. So what do they do? Just film the breakups? Because like, every week's a breakup? How does that work? couple uh, fights over a specific female or a male. Do so. people swap? Is there, oh, ever, is totally. there ever a Yankee swap? Totally. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Totally. I'm sure there is, yeah, that, that someone can go from one to the other. They just, like, put you together and that's it? Or no, you, you, you just, you're on an island and you, uh, an exotic island, not like a stranded island like Survivor, but How you're, a stranded island you're mingle, you're mingling with, like, 15, 20 different people. It's like mating and you season. Find, and you find, it's like, yes, it's exactly, it's, that is exactly what it is. It, it is really like is. mating season. I wish you didn't say it was exactly like that. I was hoping you'd be like, haha, no, it's not. <laughs> that's no, what, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's a very, very fucked. good point. It's mating season. It's exactly what it is. All right, so what side are you guys on? Sorry. You find your match. Alaya or Victoria P? Alaya. Oh, see, Alaya is just, I can just, she just, I mean, Victor, you guys have made good points about Victoria P. But I still look at Alaya, she's just straight lying all the time. She's lying her way through life. I'm, I'm pushing, That's how I look at her. I'm pushing the Victoria P. liar agenda just for. They could both of, be liars. I think they're both liars, first of Probably. all. Probably. However, the red flags of everyone hating Alaya, I'm going to have to take Victoria P.'s side. Well, I also, I, also don't, I also don't appreciate how everyone in the house just feels threatened by Alaya. 
But it's not threatening. It's more of just they're just like this girl sucks. They like, feel a little disrespected. Well, think. that too. We didn't talk well, about that. now, now, yeah. That's very important. They're all pissed True. at him. Um, I just want to mention we were talking about Pete as far as choosing girls that are you know they don't deal with things emotionally like Victoria F does. I think when you have these two people like Victoria P and Alea, when you got this beef going on between the two and you got all this drama going on, get them out. Both. Yeah. Cut them both off. Love don't, that take. Don't deal with it. There's I agree. No, there's so many other girls that you probably like just as much as you do them. I think you should just don't deal with that. If, if you don't believe, you, if you can't seem to figure out who to believe, let them both go. You see a cancerous growth, you find a way to get the fuck rid of it. And Beautiful. that's what Beautiful that's and that's what has to happen here. That's what has to happen here. Poetic. You have, you have too you have too many cancers that are in this that are in this house. I mean, you have you can make a case. Sydney's one. You can make a case. Victoria P is one. Absolutely. Don't say it. Alea, absolutely. Do not say it. Um, and then other than that, you could just have to go and dig really, really deep. Okay, good. Uh, for others, I mean, you could make a case that McKenna might be one. Might be. Can I, can I give you guys a possible spoiler? Kelsey could be another one. Go ahead. Um, apparently, McKenna. No one's really that attached to McKenna, right? Like, no one's really caring if she wins or not. You guys are rooting for other people, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm rooting for other people. Apparently, McKenna's a Instagram, like, influencer and is only in this for the clout. And it came out. Like, she's, she's just totally... I'm not surprised. And, like, she's 22. I, I found it out, and then I started watching, and I'm like, you could watch her interviews next time. She is totally just concerned about, like, getting the screen time and, like, that kind of shit. Of course. And it's like, oh, that was, speaking of only wanting to get the screen time, they were talking about that with Alea, how all these girls are like, you didn't want to come back for this. You wanted to come back for the show. The first thing you did when you came back was start a bunch oh, of shit. Oh, come on. Why are they all there? They're all there for the same reason. To be in front of the camera you while they're, while that, they're yeah. going for Peter's heart. It's the same thing with every season. But fuck Alea. That's true about her. I agree. It is true about it. It's I true about it's true about home. all the girls to an extent. Let's be real. Send them both home, Pete. Come on. He's getting me frustrated watching. He really is. I'm getting mad at this guy. I want to like him. Uh, he's a terrible bachelor. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. I'm sorry. He's to great with at you. being a bachelor. Yes. Yes. That's my line. He's great at being a bachelor. Yes. I agree. Um, and then I'm just trying to think. What else do we have from this episode? Oh, and then we have the uh, the one on one with Kelsey. Who goes and they randomly stumble upon a uh, <laughs> a go kart race. I don't even know what I would call I think it. It's called box racing. Uh, box box race. Box kart. Box but remember box the story? Car, yeah, yes. What was, that, what was that story where the kids are living like a, like a train car or some shit like that? And like they. Sure. I don't know. That's some shit we read in like elementary school. Sorry, but it's it's like a thing. I don't know. You put some wheels on a fucking cardboard box or wooden box. What the hell it was? To- totally. Apparently, they make two seaters too. Yeah. And also. Did y'all y'all catch Pete cheating, box car racing some Yes, kids? with his hand, with, with his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. You know that's a violation. I've never even heard. That, of that's story. a violation. That's a violation. Hundred percent. But now we're going years old with a woman on a date cheating against two little kids. Yeah, that are that, that are world champion that are world that are world champion box car racers. Let's put that out there too. Um, this shot of him holding a trophy. The trophy. Yes, but now, but now Pistol Pete is a, is a champion that oh he beat a bunch God. of 10-year-olds so in cool. boxcar racing. Admirable. I'm gonna do, that's a it's, minus one for the, for the writers on that one. That was, that was corny as hell. That was terrible. No, it, re- it really, really was. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Kelsey. Oh, I'm not a fan. 
I mean, ever since. Well, the you you pain, you don't like you don't like Hannah Ann. You don't like ha- you like Hannah Ann. So I don't even want to hear it. Wait, you don't like Hannah Ann? No, I think she's a snake. Wait, what? Yeah, I, I think which, I, is, which is a fair take. She's a I'll snake. I'll admit it is a fair take. She's very good looking. She's don't nice. get me don't get me wrong. We're not talking about looks here. We're just talking about terms of the character that they are portraying. I like the character that Kelsey is portraying. Yeah. I do not like the character that Hannah Ann is portraying. That's fair. I'm, I'm not that, that attached. But Hannah Ann is very good looking. That, that, that I, will, I will say. All I know is Kelly is winning this because they knew each other before. She's in his head. He remembered her. Game over. Right now it's a two-man race, but it's a two-woman race between Madison and Kelly, I'd say. Ooh, it's hot take. No, I don't think it's a hot take at all. I, take. I would. I mean, considering Madison, I'm just for the sake of the show. I've really seen Madison. Oh, you know what? No, when, when, when he why. is when he is talking to her, it's yeah, it's always it's like, always it's all love. Madison character. is the only one I think on the show that I can say there's the most sort of calm with her. Most positive things to say about her. There's just there there's there with everybody with everybody else. You're looking at this wave chart that's just up and down, yeah. up and down, up not and down. Kelly, not Kelly. Not, not with Kelly either. Ke- not with Kelly's Kelly either. there, again. But I Kelly, I think, is more like, you know, you have like a steady upward bump. But with, with Madison, you're talking big bump and big upward bump and, and, and things like that. Like you know that the, that chemistry between the two of them is there. legit. That first is legit. Yeah, that yes. Fir- that first date, man. They, she knows. She's chilling. Yeah, she, she knows all she has to do is not get involved in shit. And she Certainly. is going to go... Very, very, very far. If not win, then definitely be Bachelorette material. Oh. See, I, I would, that would make me watch The Bachelorette. You have to do reports for me because I'm not really interested in watching a sausage party. You're not. You're watching full screen time. Think how much you see Pete. How often do you see Pete's face? You don't watch The Bachelorette? No. See, no, I'm going full in on this. No, I'm because this. I feel like I'm, I'm going watching full in. I want to see the dudes go at it. Have fun. I, I, no, I would, I would watch it with you. Yeah, I don't have a problem. Oh, okay. I, I don't have a problem with, with trying it out, but I just don't have any interest in seeing a full sausage party and guys and a guy pool party with one broad. Is like, that how it works? It's yeah. It's the same things? Yeah, with one woman. I was hoping it would be like, like a guy, like boxing match or something like that. They all get like gloves and they all just like fuck each other up. A little locker boxing yeah. action on The Bachelor, that'd be a, electric. That, see, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so you wanted to be a guy uh, a guy pillow fight. I, mean, I the, said The Bachelor. Oh, oh, okay, I heard Bachelorette. I apologize. Dumbass. I apologize. I, hey, hey, you might get fired for that. Jump to conclusions. You might get, you might get fired for that. Just I'm like. immortal. Are you, are you immortal? I am immortal. Says who? Says me. No, no man is immortal. No man is immortal. My laptop's about to die, so yes, we are. All right, uh, let me get my last couple notes that I didn't mention on The Bachelor. Peter had another Irish goodbye when he just went to Cleveland. Yep. The yep. girls had no idea. So I think that's his fourth of the season. Where yeah, he's pretty good at that. In. I think he's, he's better at the Irish goodbyes than he is at being a bachelor. He's doing a great job. Um, when him and Victoria F. F., yes, Victoria F. left the City Hall dinner. Yep. That guy was murdering the cello outside. Oh, yes, yeah. thank you. This is what I wanted to discuss. Okay, so we were talking about Tim introduced me to uh, to Yo Yo Ma last night and who that is. 
I had no idea who this person was. I'm surprised you remember his name because I didn't. Well, I was. I, it took a lot for me to go back there in the span of ten seconds between me talking and me trying to process the thought from my brain yo, into yo, my Ma. vocal cords and then out of my mouth. Not familiar with Yo Yo Ma. So I think. Go ahead, Tim. Go um, ahead. Well, first of all, Yo Yo Ma is a world-renowned cello player in 2001. He was voted the sexiest classical musician alive by wow. Time Magazine. Yeah, that's the thing. Magazine. No, People Magazine. People Magazine. Time. Yeah, that's, 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 no, that's the. I don't think Time. That's the sex. That's the sexiest of is is People Magazine. Yes. Um. No, I just made the joke of when they saw this this man outside playing the cello who was killing it. I was like. Who is this guy? Yo-Yo yeah, really, Ma? really strumming. And I was met, met by a room of empty faces. Uh, didn't know Yo-Yo Ma. I think I know sucks. that that reference. I want to say from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. I think that they referenced him in one of their things. So I I also said this to Tim last night that I said that if you were lay um, a viola, a violin, a cello, a bass, all on a table. I could not tell you which is which. Size order. I, violin, viola, cello, bass. I know the violin's the small one. It's I know the violin's the small one, yeah. And between, the bass is the biggest one. Yeah, but yeah. between all three, I, cu- I couldn't tell you. I, I really couldn't tell you. Uh, two more things. Uh, I know what a harp well, is. I can wait, tell you that. Do you guys, a harp, do you guys do know, know that I, I played the cello? Really? I played it for four weeks or four days. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I know it was a four and it's been... It was... The, where, what was it? So I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was fifth grade when they... Or fourth grade when they give you that... Um, music assembly. Yes. And they'd say, all right, we're going to play a bunch of instruments and you schmucks can fucking pick one. You pick your top three and you hope to get the, the one that you wanted. And then this orchestra teacher comes out here and fucking murdered smoke on the water on the cello. And I was a guitar hero kid and I was like, I want to play that. Like, I need to play smoke on the water. <laughs> and come in the first day and she's like, all right, let's practice the left string. I don't know what it's called. And you just fucking play that for 45 minutes and you go into class. And then we had homework, and our homework was to play and practice and shit. And me being a little tinkerer I was, tried to tighten my strings because it didn't sound right, snapped the string, I went through like a three-day ordeal trying to get the string replaced because I don't know shit about instruments. I don't want really to get a string replaced. And then I quit. <laughs> Good for you. I played the tuba. Yeah. For four years. You played the tuba? Yeah, bro. I didn't know that. Who was, you were, one of you was a percussion guy. Which nope. One? Really? What? I played the clarinet. Really? Yeah. Trumpet. Really? Mm-hmm. Jack played the trumpet. I dropped the clarinet though after like two weeks. Big. Uh, yeah, of course you can. Of course um, you can. All right, last two points. That's family. You could say you could say family. Last okay. two points. Uh, Peter was wearing a turtleneck. Respect. I I, yeah, I said that. I thought of you. I said Brett would be very proud of watching Pete wear a turtleneck right now. It was, tortoise neck. It yeah, it was. It wasn't a. Full turtleneck. He didn't go full on. Like a, but it was also in Cleveland. It probably wasn't too... The city of love. It wasn't too warm. City of love means just wear a turtleneck. I'll always respect a man in a turtleneck. Very fair. And then one last point. One last point. Final one. Uh, Savannah and Peter have never talked on the show. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen them have a conversation. And you the one that the one that Savannah. The one that kissed Peter on night one. Yep. The one who full on made out with him the first night. I don't think they've had a conversation since. She's blonde? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know which one she is. I just remember she was blonde. They, I don't think they've talked yet. 
No, as far I, don't, as I, I don't think know, they have either. They haven't talked. Well, I'm sure knowing how well this show is written, that's going to be some thing where maybe next week or the week after they're going to finally have their little one-on-one, and then she's going to be like, oh, "We haven't, we haven't talked yet. Do you remember who I am?" Like, of course I remember. You, you were the one who kissed me on night one. Probably. And then fire is going to go off the background, and then there's going to be a guy playing the the clarinet or the flute or the cello or some shit like that with the string. Yeah, that's probably right. And then there you go. That's probably right. Um, okay, any, uh, any last Bachelor takes? Nope. That's all I got in my notes tonight. Okay. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening to the, this edition of the Basement Talk podcast. Brett, Tim, thank you gentlemen as usual. Thank you for having us, Ed. Always a pleasure. And producer Matt, thank you, uh, very much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Leave a five-star review and comment. Um, For now, this is goodbye from the basement. I am your host, Ed Birdsell, and we will see you next time. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rip Bean. More than Kobe Bryant. There is no one. one. How we doing work? On my shirt, he the greatest on the court, and I'm the greatest on the verse. Going for the fourth ring like it was his first. Gotta get the gleam, do it for Kareem. Two flow so nice, my flow so mean. Catch me at the game, sitting next to Goldstein. Kobe Bryant, Nikes, purple gold streams. Kobe in the game, don't get no Black, black mamba, attack conquer. Basketball beast, rap, rap monster. A turnaround jumper, or just drive the lane and dunk on donkers. You know where it's going, it's going down, yo. This is the Lake Show, but don't drown, though. I call him King Bryant, and I let the crown show. Definitely, I'm just lost for words. I mean, he's amazing. Pass me the damn ball, I don't need a pick at all. And don't worry about my shot, cause I'm gonna get that all. Yeah, I drive 40 on your double team. Then I drive 81 on another team. Yeah. And watch I work them like an auction <laughs> No such thing as exhaustion No time for resting Cause I don't take breaks I just break records <laughs> And I prefer the ball with three seconds And I bet we go in it all in three seconds He did That is a guarantee apparently And please tell your defense Don't ever mess a man with me Double team, triple team You did bitch just tickle me But I never let them get to me Literally Step back and give them a three Ain't, ain't no defending I've been quoted saying that he's definitely the best player in our league. Um, to me, in my eyes, the best scorer in our, in our league.